At this point, I feel like I'm in an expansive hotel where I'm wandering around. Um, there's lots of stairways, uh, and I was kind of in a rush, so uh, like I'm going to give a presentation. Wasn't sure where I'm going. And then I got to this main lobby, and there's this very officious um, kind of Germanic woman interviewing people, almost like a police state, uh, taking details, asking name and age. And this was a little unnerving. I didn't want to be interviewed by this person. But then I recognized an old friend, uh, Kate, somebody I knew from, oh, in my early 20s, and she was being interviewed. And uh, I sort of looked over and noticed that Kate said to this Germanic woman, well, it's my birthday. And it seemed to be a way of gaining sympathy or avoid questioning. But the woman took the statement as a cue to ask her age, uh, as you might if somebody says it's your birthday. So then Kate paused, uh, not really wanting to reveal this information in front of everybody and then just sort of whispered, I'm, I'm 62. And that's kind of interesting because that would be older than she is actually now. And I registered myself as being older than I am now by a few years for some reason. And then uh, Kate said she needed to get her things, and uh, which seemed to be a kind of delay tactic. And I tried to explain to the Germanic woman that people don't like to reveal their age, but she didn't really attend. And uh, uh, then Kate said to the woman, well, we're going to see my mother. Her mother is in fact dead, but that's where we were going. And we all went and it was myself and some other people. I wasn't sure who they were. It was my group. Um, I don't know who was there in my group, but they seemed to be people I was traveling with. And we had difficulty with the elevator. An elevator came, but it, then it was going down. We didn't get in. But then once everybody else got inside, the elevator actually did go up in the right direction. So it was very frustrating trying to get up to the floor where Kate's mother was. And we eventually gave up and exited the hotel and went to a landing pad where there was a helicopter taking places to people to places. And I noticed that there was a lawn with a lot of dog shit on the grass around the landing pad and crowds of people were moving towards it. And there, I tried to warn people not to step in it, but they, were, they weren't really paying attention and they were stepping right in it, making a huge mess of the lawn, which was kind of gross. And uh, anyway, we sort of made our way through all this crowd and the dog shit on the ground. And we got our way to the landing pad. Um, which was kind of dangerous because it was where the helicopter would land. And it did eventually come and land right beside us. Um, and there were these three kind of rocker-type musician with sunglasses on in the front section. And I, I guess they were piloting this uh, helicopter. And tons of people started clamoring inside and to the back. And I asked one of the rockers whether you know, he could take us to the higher floor in the hotel. And, and he said, well, no, you need to take the elevator. Um, and I sort of said, well, that's a long wait. It's up to 30 minutes. But he didn't really respond to that. Well, at this point, I noticed someone's baby was kind of clinging to my leg, you know, like just sort of a toddler, barely able to walk and really clinging hard. It's like a one-year-old or even younger grasping, really holding on tight. And I wanted to make our way back to the hotel, but 
this baby was really clinging, hanging on to a leg. So I sort of walking with it, hanging on one leg. And it was, I was sort of trying to ease it off my leg. I didn't know where the mother was. And um, I was also trying to avoid the dog shit that was everywhere. And I ended up stepping on some. I eventually managed to get this baby off and started to make my way back to the hotel lobby. Somehow, after all of this, we did make it to the hallway where Kate's mother's room was. It was a combination of elevators, stairs, hallways, and Kate was now there being escorted by the officious Germanic woman. Uh, we'd finally made it to her mother's room, and this seemed to be like, I don't know, a crescendo of relief. Um, but then I sort of thought, Gee, why are we actually here? What what are we doing? And it, it wouldn't it be a, a lot for Kate's mother to deal with all these people. So I, after all of that, I said, well, actually, we won't come. And and Kate sort of said, well, yeah, that makes sense. And so I and this indistinct group accompanying me just backed away from Kate as they walked towards the mother's room. And that's when I woke up. It's funny, uh, in many dreams uh, where I'm trying to get someplace, there's a sense of incredible urgency and um, that, that getting to this place is the most important thing in the world. In this dream, that really wasn't the case. It was more like, okay, we're going to see your mother and we're coming along. And it was a little bit like what I remember from being in high school as a 16-year-old where I had a group of friends and I was a little bit of a follower. I just like went, they said, okay, we're going to the shopping center just to walk around. Like it's not a particularly interesting thing to do, um, but I would just walk with them and okay, we're going. And this was, it was the same sort of sensation that it really wasn't that urgent, but that I did take it seriously. And that's why I actually helped to kind of take, I was in a take charge uh, state of mind. And so I said, let's go to the elevator. And I was pushing the up button and then, up, you know, a, a, a down elevator came and I, and I thought, well, we won't get in because it's going down. And then it did go up, you know, which was crazy. And then I said, okay, well, let's go over to the helicopter. But I didn't feel any sense of urgency. I really felt like I was more um, going along with something that was happening. I think that's something that stands out for me is, is uh, the moment uh, near the helicopter landing pad, all of the different elements in it, the nonsensical um, thought that a helicopter could take you to a higher floor of a hotel uh, and that baby, um, I don't know, that was quite disturbing and it, it and uh, like a major distraction to my goal. Seeing Kate was really interesting because 
She was a person who I became very close to just at a time when I was sort of coming out as a as a gay man, but wasn't really sure. And we really had a very strong, close relationship, and in fact, a sexual relationship. She was the first person who I really uh, felt quite strongly about and connected with in a, in a very deep way. We still are in touch, not often, but I think that we both have feel a strong connection. I feel quite close to virtually everybody who's been in my life. And it's a kind of funny thing. There's very few people who I've left behind. You know, we've gone in different directions, and so I don't ever see them again. But there's very few people who I don't actually have quite a fondness for <laughs> of the people in my life. And uh, Kate's one of those people where I think this was really meaningful. This, this, you know, it was about 18 months, really. That's about it, or two, couple of years. But it was really meaningful. It was a really important part of, of my life, and it happened at a time that was kind of pivotal. I was also curious about her mother because she had a really interesting mother. Kate adored her and really uh, modeled her own personality after her mother. It's a very strong woman, interesting, into the arts, into literature. So the mother was really an important part of Kate's life, and that really came through. And I guess her interest in her own mother and the energy that she allocated towards thinking about her mother had an impact on me somehow. My decision to not actually go to see the mother was partly based on a growing uh, concern that assumptions that I've made about being very strongly part of people's lives and right within their group have sometimes resulted in a, a kind of disappointing realization that, you know, they don't really see it that way. It's not a big deal, but it just sort of like think, oh, okay, I, I need to, there's a bit of a misalignment with how I'm seeing myself as central to this group and how I'm seen. You're almost there, you're sort of digging and then you find, almost get there. And then you say, no, I, I don't want to. And you back away. And I do remember quite vividly in the dream, literally backing away, backing away from something that might be important and that you've been searching for. Um, that's a little disappointing. And I, I sort of wish the alarm hadn't gone off because if there is a backing away from something important, then Maybe there's another solution, you know, maybe there's another way forward that I, I could have dreamed about but didn't um, have the opportunity because the alarm went off. 
Dream Logic is made by me, Elias Campbell, and Sean Sutherland, with producer Victoria Hoare. Original score by Sean Sutherland. Cover art by Stephen McLaughlin. Special thanks to this week's guest, Bill Thompson. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DreamLogicShow. If you have a dream you'd like to share, email us at dreamlogicpod at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share the show with a friend. You can also make a donation via our website, dreamlogicpodcast.com, which will help us continue to make the show. Thanks for listening.